Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Estella Coughlin, and you are listening to the Nest Podcast. To give a backstory, I was born in China and grew up in North Dakota. I have a huge love for podcasting, and I decided to take my three favorite things mental health, self improvement, and adoption and create what you are now listening to. Let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to the Nest Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. We have a great episode planned. We're talking all about passion and exactly what is a passion and how to find a passion and why having a passion is important and common misconceptions about having a passion, finding a passion, and just passion in general. So pretty much, I am going to be saying the word passion a lot, and this is going to be like the most amount of times that I will be saying the word passion, like in my entire life. So stay tuned for that. But before we get into the topic of today, let's catch up. So what has been going on in my life? Well, school. I am in college, and school takes up all of your time. But it's good, because sometimes I forget this, but I am in college to get a degree and to learn. Sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I think I'm in college to just meet new people and hang out and enjoy life and experience new things in life, which, yes, that's what you want to do. But sometimes I forget that the main thing I look for in a college is the academics. Meanwhile, I'm just hanging out with friends knowing I have a lot of homework. But hey, that is okay. You know, you get stories to tell. But anyway, do I have a lot of homework? Yes. Do I ever not have homework? No. I think that's how how you respond. All I'm pretty much saying is I always have homework. But it's okay. It's fine. That is why we come to school, I guess. I don't know who invented that concept, but that's why I'm here. Which, like I said, I forget. Because the thing that gets me is college does have so many distractions. But not only distractions, but you got to adjust to being an individual that is self-reliant. Like, you are responsible for your schoolwork. You're responsible for your job. You're responsible for your social life. You're responsible for extracurriculars. You're responsible for taking care of yourself. You're responsible for things like doing your laundry, for cleaning your bedding, sweeping your floor. I don't know. Things you don't really think about, or maybe I just don't think about. So, besides school, you have a ton of other factors that you have to play into your college life. So that's why it's not like you be grinding at school 24-7, which people do, which is good, but it's like you also have other responsibilities and maintaining a social life and stuff like that. To say the least, college can be difficult and a struggle, you know, school-wise, but also just in one's independent life. So, I've still been kind of adjusting, but I've mainly been doing school. Um, I need to do more homework and spend more time on homework, but nonetheless, it's school, 
working and just talking to people and hanging out with people. That's what I find to be a very bad distraction to school and to my schoolwork. Instead of going out and experiencing the city or stuff like that, my time that takes away from homework is me walking around campus or even just trying to find a study spot. And then I see people I know. And of course I'm going to have a conversation with them. I love talking. I don't want the conversation to end because I know I'm procrastinating, but also I just love talking to people. And wherever I go, I see at least one person that I know. So yeah, for sure, I'll go up and talk to them, have a conversation. Do I need to get my homework done? Yes, but homework or just socializing with people? Well, my actions have chosen socializing with people, but in my head, I probably do have to do schoolwork. But I love catching up with people and just having like those unplanned conversations when you run into somebody and just having like a great conversation. Like that is what life is about. Now, granted, it's not, but it really makes life great. I love that. And I just love talking to people. Um, I'm a people person and I do say I'm 50% introvert and 50% extrovert. So yeah, like once. I leave my dorm, extrovert on. When I get back to my dorm, introvert on. Like, that's when I rest. But I leave my dorm, I don't come back for like 10 hours. That's when I'm extroverted. Then the other 10, that does not equal 24. Other 14. Then I am introverted. But majority, I I would hope to say majority, but a lot of that time is me sleeping. I need to get more sleep too. Prioritize sleeping in college. Somebody also needs to tell me that because I need to do that. Now, that was pretty much, that was actually pretty much all that's been happening. Oh, wait, I have something that I wanted to say. So, this didn't happen recently, but the dorm that I'm in, okay, let me just backtrack. So, this has something to do with the story, I promise. So I do not have 20-20 vision. I have glasses and contacts. So how this pertains to the story is when I sleep, I take my glasses off. When I get into bed, take my glasses off, and I can't see. But I'm just going to sleep anyway. I can't sleep with contacts and glasses on. So when I would take my glasses off and the light was off, I thought there were these holes of light on the ceiling of my dorm. And I would even like put my finger up to the hole of light, seeing if I could feel the light, or I'm like touch the light or touch the hole in the wall. Anyway, after about two weeks of just thinking there were holes of light in my ceiling of my dorm, I didn't really think anything of it until a little while after that, but I only noticed these holes of light only when I was about to go to bed and when it was dark and when I also didn't have my glasses on. So, mind you, it is dark, I'm blind, but I see ceiling holes of light. 
but I don't really think anything of it. I'm like, I gotta hit the hay. I'm already not getting enough sleep, so, yeah. So, anyway, fast forward. I don't know how much time would have passed, but I have my glasses on, and the light's off before I just take them off. I, like, look up, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, these holes of light look different. But granted, when I have my glasses off, everything is literally one. Everything is one. You see just, like, colors, but otherwise you don't see distinct objects or shapes. So anyway, I'm like, hmm, these look different. So, again, what do I do? I put my finger up to the ceiling, try to cover them light holes or whatever, and the light falls off the ceiling. And I was like, what the? I was like, what What just happened here? I'm like, light can't just fall off. And then I go to the other light hole, and the same thing. It falls off. Now, granted, when I don't have my glasses on, and when I am not that 2020 vision, I, like, would not be able to see, like, a piece of light fall, or, like, an object fall. But anyway, now I have my glasses on, I can see that the light is falling down. I was like, what? I was very shook. So anyway, with my glasses still on, I pick a piece of the light off, and I look, and it's little glow-in-the-dark stars. You know the stars, like, as a kid, I mean, no shame if you still have them up and you're, like, a full adult, because... That is me right now. I have not taken those stars off. I do sleep under the starlight, if you would say, under the plastic glow-in-the-dark starlight. But yes, I pretend I'm out in nature when I am not, because I am not a camper. Granted, I have never camped besides my grandparents' backyard. So if you could, so if you would consider that camping, then yes, you may call me an avid camper. But please don't, because that would totally be a lie. Next, getting back to the light in the wall, the hole of lights in the ceiling. So I realize it's these little stars, and they fall off. Granted, I have no clue where these other stars fell. You know, they're, they're tiny stars. They're not like the chunky stars you get at the dollar store. These are like itty-bitty, like pasta stars. I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense to me. These are small. But I thought that was so sweet that the person before me in the dorm left their stars up, and they still glow in the dark. Like, I don't know how long that has... I don't know how long those have been up there, but whoever makes those glow-in-the-dark stars, that specific brand... Their glow-in-the-dark, like, concoction is top tier. You know, top tier. So that's the latest update. I wanted to share that, how I now have nightlife in the dorm life. Meaning, my glow-in-the-dark stars allow me to think that I am sleeping out in nature under the stars. 
I'm just joking. When my glasses are off, even though I'm, like, really close to my ceiling because my bed is lofted, can I see the stars? No. I can't see that. I told you, I, I have terrible vision. But I like to pretend. Just the idea that they're up there. That my little holes in my ceiling are up there. Shining a little ray of light. I find great comfort in that. So that is what I'm going with. Now, that is all I wanted to catch up with. But, let's talk about passion. So, what I'm getting at with passion is like a hobby. What makes you on fire for life? What drives you every day? Or what's something that you love doing that... Money isn't a factor. I think that is a really good way to define a passion. Because if you're doing something for money, that's not necessarily a passion. It usually isn't a passion. It's usually a job. A transaction of work or service for money. That's a transaction, not a passion. What I think of a passion is something that people do just for the fun of it. Just because they enjoy doing it. They don't get money. They don't get anything but joy. That's kind of how I would define passion. So take with that as you will. That's the definition we're going off of. Because I do like to define terms. And that's how I would define passion. So now, with that, why is finding a passion important or how do you even find a passion you know like what what does that even mean it's almost like a hobby if you don't have a hobby how do you find a hobby stuff like that but first why is having a passion important well i would say it's important because as many benefits First off, when you have a passion, you have something you're passionate about. You have something that you can look forward to doing. Something that you can do without the pressure of money. And when you have a passion, it's a stress reliever. It helps people have a positive outlook. And it allows people to do something because they enjoy it. Not because they're being bribed to do it. Not because you get money to do it. People that have a passion do their passion because what they get is joy and happiness. And now that does not have a price tag on it. So that's why it's important. It's important to have something that like grounds you. And passion allows you to grow and improve. And it'll push you harder. And it will help you go out of your comfort zone. But it may also allow you to find a comfort zone. Because you're in a zone in which you're passionate with and for. So I think having a passion is so, so important. A passion is something that's extremely motivating. So find a passion. Now, what are some examples of passions? So I'll give my personal examples. What am I passionate about? 
what are my passions? Well, this podcast. I'm extremely passionate about podcasting. I am extremely passionate about podcasting. I am extremely passionate about mental health. I'm extremely passionate about adoption and self-improvement. The exact things that this podcast is in fact about. Take all my three passions, put them into one big passion, and create my passion project. So that's that's what this podcast is. It's a passion. It provides me happiness. It is something that I look forward to doing and that I do because it brings me happiness and joy. Now, am I getting paid for this? For producing episodes? No. Granted, can I get paid? Yeah, I could find ways to make money. But for me, this is a passion project. This is something that I'm doing because my reward is happiness and joy. And for me, that's enough. You know, if I need money, I'll go out and get a job where I exchange my time, my services for an hourly income, an hourly rate, my bad. So for me, those are things I'm very passionate about. I'm also, you could kind of interchange passionate and stuff like hobbies and what you enjoy doing. Then, if you could put it that way, I enjoy fishing. I like to ski. Granted, I haven't skied in a while. But I just got to brush the dust off the rust. Um, But another thing, I like learning new things. I taught myself how to play piano and guitar. Granted, am I good at that? No. But it's just, I... I love the process. I love the process of learning. I love learning. So, that's another reason why I'm in college. I think the intrinsic value is extremely important. Granted, you do get a degree, and which helps you immensely in life, but I think the intrinsic value, that is a huge motivator and gives you a huge drive to succeed in college. But, Some other passions include writing, gardening, dancing, photography, traveling, swimming. Next, what are some things that you can be passionate about? If you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, I don't really know what I'm passionate about. You know, I don't really know what brings me, like, happiness and joy. And that is totally fine. That is so normal. Normalize that. Normalize not having a hobby. Normalize not having a passion. But also normalize being in search of a hobby or a passion. Because you have no idea how incredibly beneficial that is. It is so important to have a hobby or a passion. So, some things you can be passionate about. Health and wellness. You know, gym rats. Most likely they're passionate about exercising, being healthy, taking care of their body. You could be passionate about learning. Like me, I'm passionate about learning. You know, try something new. Learn a different skill. Learn a different hobby. Hone that in. 
another thing you can be passionate about is serving, like serving your community, serving others, stuff like that. That's a great passion to have. Another passion, just a passion to live life to the fullest. I like that one. If you're not passionate about living life to the fullest, chances are you probably won't live life to the fullest. So having your passions can really enhance your life, and they really do. If you're passionate about living a good life, you'll most likely do everything you can to try and set yourself up for success to live a good life. Another passion could be your relationship, whether that be with a significant other, your family, your siblings, your best friends. You definitely can be passionate about relationships in your life. So with now the passions and finding a passion, you know, if you don't have a passion, okay, let's go with this. If you don't have a passion, how do you find one? Because it can be very hard if you don't have a passion and you're like, well, you know, what is it? How do I go about finding one? How do I get a passion? Like, what does that even entail? So here we are talking about that. How do you find a passion? Pretty much it's like, what are you passionate about? What's something that you'll do for free? Think of that just simply. But now that's a broad topic. Like me, I would definitely overthink that. So let's narrow it down. Think of hobbies. If you don't have a hobby, you can also find a hobby by listening to this. So what's something that you're just interested in? Think of school. What's the subject you're interested in? Maybe you really like English. Boom, you have a starting place. You like English. Now, how do you find a passion out of that? You have to do your English homework. You know, it might not bring you joy to do extra credit English homework. But what I'm getting at is you already found a subject you like, which is English. What are different branches of English? What's something else you can be passionate about? Are you passionate in interpreting the meaning of text? Are you passionate in comprehending, which is pretty much the same as interpretation? Are you passionate about writing, expressing emotion? What kind of English and what kind of writing or what kind of area of English are you passionate about? Now take that sector. Let's say you're interested in the writing portion of English and how to convey ideas. Great. Now what about that? What what part of writing do you like? Do you like the creative part? Do you like the informative part of writing? Do you just like writing because you can get all your thoughts down on paper? Let's say you like writing because it's just fun. It's a great stress reliever. That is extremely valid. So a passion, you can be passionate about writing and passionate. Tie that in. You have a passion for well-being. And in order to relieve stress, you're passionate about using writing 
to achieve stress. I hope that makes sense. But another way, it's like, what is something you hold true in your heart? What is something that is a truth that will always be a truth, no matter who tells you otherwise? So find your truths. Find your values. What do you value? Why do you live? Find that. Find the things that bring you joy. Find the things that you get excited for. Find the things that make you smile. If you don't know how to do that, if you can't think of stuff, make a list. What do you like to do for fun? If you don't like to do anything for fun, what's the best parts of your day? All you have to do is start. All you have to do is start and try. If you don't give it any energy, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's a quote by Michael Jordan. Let me fact check that. You miss... Oopsies. 100% okay, of the shots you don't take. And let's make sure... Oh! This is not by Michael Jordan. Good thing I fact checked this. This is a quote by Hockey Hall of Famer Wayne Gretzky. My bad. I I don't know why I thought it was Michael Jordan, but I'm pretty sure I've like definitely referenced Michael Jordan. So if you heard me like say that quote and say Michael Jordan, like no, you didn't. Now back to passions. I also want you to like just think. Yeah, what do you like? You know, jot down some stuff that you remember liking, that you really do like. Take time to find out what fulfills you in life. Create, like, you know how companies have, like, a mission statement? It's hard to, like, yeah. You know how companies have mission statements? Have a personal statement. Think of yourself as, like, a company, okay? And now what is your mission? What's your mission statement that reflects the company, which is you? What's that statement? So create that and find a passion with that. You know, obviously, if you create, like, your own personal mission statement, it's going to be something that you're somewhat passionate about, you know. So that's just kind of self-explanatory. Next, you want to acknowledge your strengths and your achievements. You want to know what you're good at, what you're bad at, what kind of things that you can exceed at and excel at. Because once you once you realize your strengths, your weaknesses, obviously you'd want to go more into your strengths, unless you're all about self-improvement. Then where I look at my weaknesses and I'm like, okay, let's focus on that and let's let's strengthen that. So, you know, and surround yourself with people with similar passions or surround yourself with people you like, see what they're passionate about. Chances are you probably would be passionate about that too. I mean, I'm no mind reader, but don't quote me though. Don't quote me. But I think that's how that works. Now, we're going to get into some common myths about finding your passion because I feel like if someone has a passion, I don't know, this is my what goes on in my head. It's like, oh, this person's got it kind of all figured out. 
and they know what they want to do. They have a path in life. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I also think there's a lot of pressure to have a passion and then to take that passion and turn it into a money maker and turn that into your job. You know, there are a lot of misconceptions, a lot of like stereotypes and stuff like that. But it's like, oh, if you have a passion and you make that into your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Granted, that is the ideal life. That is the ideal career. You take your passion, you make good money off of it, and you never work a day in your life. That sounds almost too good to be true, which in most cases it is. Usually what ends up happening, you have a passion, you turn that into your job. When money becomes a factor, that is when things can get hard. That is when things can get hard. Then you're like, well, now I'm working for my passion. So it doesn't become a passion anymore. It quickly turns into a job. It quickly turns into work. Like, oh, I need to do this. If I want to have money and if I want to provide for myself. So it turns your passion into a thing of doing for joy, into a thing of doing for money. It's like a survival switch turned on. I have to do this not for fun, but to survive and have money. So that can also be dangerous. So be conscious of that and know that if you have a passion, you don't need to immediately, you don't need to by any means turn that into a moneymaker. Sometimes it's even more beneficial than a career just to have your passion as what it is, a passion, something that you do because it brings you joy. Like, I think that's priceless. You know, how much, however much you can put your passion in to a yearly salary, you know? What about taking a passion and turning it into a form of expression or happiness? I think that's another point to look at, but I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. Another myth. Pursuing work you are passionate about is selfish. Now, why I say this is that a lot of people work to make money. You know, that's very normal. And that's why people work. People don't work for free. The next myth is this. Passion is all it takes to create success or, quotes, do what you love and the money will follow. Now, this is kind of something I talked about. Um, you know, passion can turn into success in money form. But the statement that if you do what you love, the money will follow, that is not true. That's just not true. You know, it depends. It all depends. Depends on what your passion is. But it takes a set of skill and a certain type of person. And it just depends on your situation, your circumstances, what the passion is, what the market is. So that it's a total misconception. If you do what you're passionate about, yeah, you may never work a day in your life. But then you'll still have to work because you might not make money off of it. You know, so. Even if you do something you love, that's awesome. 
if it brings you joy and happiness, you know, that's all people want in life. But money is nice because money does really help you survive, honestly. So it doesn't mean that if you do what you love, money will follow. That is false. As sad as it is, if everyone did what they loved and money followed, then I feel like everyone would be doing something they love. Or at least I would hope people would do that and not be scared to do stuff that they love. Next, doing work you love starts with following your passion first. That is also false. Because if you do what you love, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll find your passion. Like, I found a passion of podcasting because I literally, like, I don't know if I said this in my very beginning episodes, but I was literally cleaning my bathroom and I was tired of listening to music. So I turned on a podcast and that's when I was like, I literally listened to the whole season of the podcast. It was incredible. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm going to like power clean my bathroom. I'm going to like make it brand new because I don't want to stop listening to the podcast. Granted, I'm not passionate about cleaning my bathroom. I should be. But I'm just not passionate about, like, cleaning and stuff. So, if you do something you love, like, okay, my bad, my bad. I do not love cleaning bathrooms. But that is kind of how I found the passion of podcasting. Because I was like, okay, I don't want to clean in silence. Like, that is weird. So, I put some headphones in. Instead of listening to music, I listened to a podcast. That's where I found my passion. And it did not come from doing the work that I love. Trust me, I do not like cleaning bathrooms. So, that is how I will prove it false. Myth number four, or what are we at? Four, three, I don't know. It's like, when people say like, one day you will find your passion. Which, you could, but it's very up in the air. You know, you have to also try to find your passion, too. I don't know if you will just arrive. It's like, oh, you're on a destination. There's a set time, you your arrival. I don't know. I think you will one day arrive at your passion if you put in the work. If you don't put any work and time into it, mm, your odds are very small. Next, once you follow your passion, you will never doubt where you're going in life. Now, like I said, passion, money doesn't always follow passion. That's also a misconception. And so if you follow your passion, oh yeah, society tells us like that that's correct. But our minds can tell us, why are we following our passion? We're not making money, stuff like that. People think if you follow your passion, you will never doubt where you're going in life and that's not true because anybody at any time 24 7 doubts where they're in life like me i i don't know i'm in something called college oh yeah like i'm saying no to a million things and saying yes to being in college where i am at now i'm in a room i'm podcasting I chose to podcast, and I'm saying no to literally a million things in the world. So that just shows the weight of it. 
And then another misconception, last one I'll say, is you won't make any money following your passions. Now, that's also a very big misconception because you can make money from your passions. And I have seen that. And I know that. You can make money with your passions. It's not like it's not like the other misconception where money won't follow. But you can, like, it is fully possible for money to follow. So just remember that. Sometimes it will follow, sometimes it won't. But that's okay. We're going to move in to questions. So if you guys don't know, go to the Nest Podcast with Estella on Instagram. Before every episode, before I record, I set up questions about the following topic. So there, please go and ask questions. Please go and ask questions, okay? It's not weird. Please do it. Anyway, ask questions. I'll answer them on here. It's anonymous. But I really love when you guys ask questions. Um, and so if you want to make the episodes longer or more interesting, get involved and ask questions. It's not weird. Now, the first question, what are your passions? I already stated that previously. Fishing mental health, self-improvement, adoption, podcasting, learning, self-improvement, self-help, stuff like that. Yeah. That's my, those are my passions. Those are my passions in a nutshell. Probably not in a nutshell. I don't really know what that means. Next. Can you talk about how passions change over time? Yeah, this one's an interesting one because it's so true. Just like you change over time, well, I hope you changed over time if you literally don't change. Like, that's something that needs to be addressed. But what would I say on how passions change over time? I think it's extremely healthy. I think it is totally normal. I just think it's very healthy. Just like how you grow, your interests grow, your passions grow. I think that is extremely healthy. And don't be mad if your passions was once a really big part of your life and it fizzled out. Like I said, you're growing. Your passions and interests grow too. So granted, it's totally okay if your passions change. And I think embrace that and be ready for the next thing. Because that just shows like another step in your life that you're changing. So now with this, also, I would say I go through a lot of phases. One would call them passions. One would call them phases. One would call them little spurts of interest. Like I was, oh man, you could say I was passionate about like spy gear. I was so into that, like the the spy gear toys. Like when I was a kid, that that was my gym, not dolls. Spy gear. Another thing was like magic. I was so into magic. Another thing was card tricks. Like magic cards or whatever. I just kind of combined the two. I was into yo-yoing. Okay, that was very brief. Am I good at yo-yoing? No. Had I ever been good? No. But I was into yo-yoing. Another thing I was into was the loom bands. You know like the loom bracelets? I don't know how long ago that was. It was so long ago. 28, no, not, why was I about to say 2018? I did not loom band or whatever when, well, maybe I did. Um, 
maybe 2015, when I was 11. I don't know. But all I know is I was big into the loom bands and making loom bracelets. I remember me and my best friend, we made a business. We made good money off these loom bands, and we would just sell them to the kids in our class. But we low-key made, like, good money, so I am content with that. But yeah, little entrepreneur. But then I stopped. I should have kept going. Like, yeah, we're doing good. We're living the life, making loom bands and selling them. But I was obsessed with loom bands and, like, how do you say it? Making bracelets, loom banding. I was super into that. Then I was into, like, technology. I've always been into technology. Like, fun fact. Like, as a sixth grader, fifth grader, you know, get off school. You know, what would a normal person do? Get off school, probably go play with friends, have an after-school snack, have dinner, hang out with their family, read. I don't know, watch TV. what I do? I get home, and I'd have this recorded, or I'd pull it up on my iPod or something like that. And what I would do is I would pull up the Apple Keynotes. I would pull up the previous Apple Keynotes, like if it aired Monday, like morning. Then when I got home from school Monday, I'd have that bad boy recorded, or I would have it where I can watch it. I'd get home, immediately go to my room, have a snack while I watched the Apple Keynote. And yes, it was like with the board of directors or whatever, like Tim Cook. I don't know if he was... Uh, Actually, well, I know he was in a position, you know, when I'm thinking of the timeline, it's add up. But I remember watching that. I remember, I love that. I ate that up. Still, I think it's very interesting. But do I go home from school and watch an Apple keynote? Sadly, I don't. I was way cooler when I was little. You know, I'm just getting old and not as cool. But little 6th grader, 5th grader, me, was way cooler. So, we need to be, we need to channel that energy again. So, yeah. Like, that's what I would do. Um, I wish I was, was her again and had that ambition and that drive and that passion to get home from 5th or 6th grade and watch the Apple keynote. And it was two, like, two hours, two and a half hours. I know those things are long, and I did not even watch it in two times speed. I fully watched that in one time speed, or normal speed, whatever that is. But, like, I can even still spit out facts. I remember Apple has, like, a tree forest or something like that, where that's how they make their boxes. Also, I was low-key, really liked those Apple unboxing videos. Like, that was smooth. So that's another reason why I know they have their own trees that go into the boxes that we have and that we literally, we don't even like the product. We just want the iPhone box or the iPad box. We just want that. So I remember hearing about the trees they had. Like, was I a normal fifth or sixth grader? No. But she was... She was low-key kind of cool. But, yeah. Anyway, what I'm getting at is, you go, I know, 
I go through phases. I've had many passions. I've had different phases. Many passions, different phases, different intros. And that is not a bad thing. I'm glad I've evolved. And now I can be interested in a more more heavier topic. And be able to talk about heavier things like mental health, adoption, self-improvement. I don't know. But I think it's so normal. And it's really good. I definitely think having a passion is something everyone needs to find and everyone needs to seek out. But it can be hard. But you got it. But yeah, change and change in passions. So healthy. So healthy. And it's okay if you're passionate about one thing one day, the next day, onto a different passion. Yeah, that's completely normal. So be passionate with what you're passionate about now. Don't force yourself into having a passion be drawing. Like, your passions will come when your passions come. But granted, like I said, you gotta seek them out. But don't force it. Set yourself up for success. Set yourself up in the position to experience passion. I don't know. I don't know. At this point, yeah, it's late. I'm, like, tired. I gotta go to bed. But, oh yeah, I'm recording this late at night. Don't worry, it's not like the middle of the day and I said I have to go to bed. I probably still do. I would take a midday nap. But it's actually, like, late. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. It means literally the entire world. Thank you for all the support and the love for the podcast. It really means a lot. And so, if you liked it, go rate it a five stars on Apple Music, Spotify, write a review. That would be dandy. And follow the Instagram at the Nest Podcast with Estella. That's where you answer questions, stuff like that. Stay up to date with all that. And I'm hoping now getting back on track to get episodes out every Tuesday. Obviously, I'm busy. Everyone has a life. And sometimes I can't do that, but I'm doing my best. Guess what? That's all I can do. Anyway, with that being said, until next time.